Good morning, good Erev Shabbos everyone, hope you have a wonderful day. We continue, we left off, Tractate Yuma, the sixth chapter, is 67 on the bottom, after the Mishnah. So it says that they used to braid the two, the goat and the bull, and then they would carry it out and burn it outside the Jerusalem. Tanda, we learn you wouldn't after you skin it you would cut up a regular burnt offering after you skin it you would cut it up here you don't skin it the skin remains on the on the on the meat how do we know this Tanya says over here by the bull and the goat says with their skin with their meat intact and even the even the excrement inside of them says by the bull of the Kayan Mashiach who sinned the high priest who sinned also it says skin of the bull all its meat and the pish so we learn we continue in 68a. Malahala de Nitua, they have shit. Just like over there, you cut it up, but you don't skin the, skin the animal. Afkana de Nitua, they have shit. So to over here, you cut, up, you, you cut up the animal, but you don't skin the animal. When he says it's not like the regular, it's not like a regular oil. A regular oil, first you skin it, and then you cut it up. Here, you would cut it up without without skinning it. The wholesome there. How do we know the case of the Kayan Mashua when he sins, the high priest who's anointed with the oil, how do we know there that you leave the skin on? It's inside, the pirsha with all the excrement that's inside the intestines, and you, re- and you remove it. You remove it while it's whole. I would think, I would think these also burn it while it's whole. It says over here, the head separately, and the feet separately, and it says, by the by regular burnt offering, it says, so it says also, so by burnt offering, you cut it up, so also over here, you cut it up. So yes, you, you 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 take the whole thing out. You carry it out. He said you braid it, so you carry it out. But then, right before you burned it, you would chop it up. But you would think it would be like a regular look. Malahala they have shit. First you skin it, and then you chop it up. Afkana they have shit. says we How do you learn from there? And it's intestines and a parashav and the dirt that's inside. Just like the the uh, the excrement is in the intestine, so too this the meat is in the skin. Leave it in the skin, and that's how you chop it up and then you burn it.
The mission asks, when, from what point on, does the one who's leading the scapegoat, his garments become impure? Tanarabana and the rabbis learn, and the mission gives us two opinions. No, no, we're not talking about the scapegoat, I'm sorry. The one who, who leads the bull and the, carries the bull and the goat out to be burnt. So their, their garments are also uh, becoming pure. So from what point on? So, so we have an argument. Rabbis say, when once you leave the wall of the courtyard, Shimon says, once the, fire, once the fire grabs hold of the majority of the sacraments. <coughs> Father Rabban, what? Why is he coming to me? Because he's outside the Shemayim? No, it's, it's like Zeres HaKosov. That's what Taylor says. You should take it outside of the camp, meaning outside of Yerushalayim, you should burn it. Here it says one machne, one camp. Later on, by the by the bull, when the Jewish Supreme Court makes an erroneous ruling. And by the high priest when he makes an erroneous when when, when he when he sins, so there it says you have to take it out of all three camps. I think Yisrael will explain where, where do we see it there. But the Khan over here, Nesalem, it says one camp, Michutz Lamachne, one camp. There are three camps: the camp of the Israelites, the camp of the Levim, and the camp of the Shechina. So here it would seem the moment you take it out of the Shechina and you take it into the Levite camp, you're already become pure. So a camp means... There's a Mikdash, there's a Harabayis, right, and the Yerushalayim. The city is the second camp? No, no, the city is the third camp. Harabayis is the second camp. And the temple itself is the courtyard, is the, is the, is the, is the Shechina. Like the, the temple is the Shechina, the, the temple the mountain, the temple mount is the Levim, the camp of the Levim, and Yerushalayim. No, no, the temple mount. And the and the uh, and the and the is the Jewish people, the camp is Now it can't mean that you burn it right outside the the, the, the courtyard, the first court, the first uh, camp, because. The, because no, as soon as you take it out of the courtyard, because we do we do learn out from we just said we learn out from from the burning of of the of the of the animal of the koyin. So we know the burning just like there the burning is done outside all three camps. So to over here also. But why does the pasuk then say machana one camp? They teach me that's when you become impure. The moment you leave the, the courtyard, the ones carrying it, the garments become impure. Immediately your clothes become impure. How do we know there? In the case of the of the uh, it was an erroneous ruling by the Jewish Supreme Court, and when the Kayan Sins based on his own erroneous ruling. How do we know there that it's burnt outside three camps? The time that we learn, it says, "Fall apart." Chutz l'shalosh machnas. 
have to take it out of all three camps. How do I know this? Where does it say in the title? Maybe the title just requires you to take out one camp, the first camp. When it says by the bull, the communal bull, when the Jewish Supreme Court made an erroneous ruling, it says in the Why do you have to teach? It says already that you should burn it like you burned the first bull. So it says already you should burn the, 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 the communal bull like you burned the first bull, meaning the, the Parkoyan Mashiach, the high priest. So, I, so why does it say you have to repeat it? I know that already. You said it identically, just like the high priest. So why does he have to say to add a second camp? When he says when he says it says you should um, you should take it outside of the camp to a pure place and you should burn it so it's like a third time why does he say it says already it says so why does he have to say machne, machne again? Why does the Tate have to tell me machne? I know that already because it says in the place where you pour out you spill out the ash. So why does it say It's talking about the daily taking out or taking out the ashes of the altar. So take out the ashes outside of the camp. But the wouldn't doesn't have to spell out you take it outside of the camp. Because it says by the by the bulls that are burnt. So why does it have to say again another machna that you should burn it since it says a shefach adeshen? I know it's outside. From here, because he said take the ashes out. Right, because it says take the ashes out every day. It says take the ashes out. So how do I know where it is? Which camp is out? Out of the first camp, but there. So he's saying, why does the Torah have to say to take the ashes every day? Whenever it accumulates too much, you take it outside, outside the camp. Since the Tatus says by the bull with the communal bull, when there's an erroneous uh, decision by the Jewish Supreme Court or the erroneous decision and sin by the high priest, it says you should take it out to the place where you pour out the ashes. And here it already says outside the camp. So I know where's the place you pour out the ashes or anyway in general. Whenever there's too much ashes, outside the camp. So why does it say they have to say by the day by by the altar 
take it out mechutz lemachanah. So Tate is coming to teach me to take it out even further, even after the outside of the third can. You still have answered the question when it says already by the bull and by the high priest, the sacrifice of the high priest, you, the, that you, you, you burn it, the place where you pour out the ashes. And here I already know it's outside the camp, and I already know it's outside two camps, the second camp. So I know that's the place. They have to bring out the ashes when it accumulates over the altar. Why does they have to tell me the Hutzel Machna? So Tain Le Machna Shlishis. They just tell me take it out of all the camps. Not only the camp of the Shechina, not only the camp of Levi, but the camp of Israel. Outside Yerushalayim. But Rab Shimon, according to Rab Shimon, Hai Mechutz Le Machna Me'avidle. So what's what? So we learn Mechutz Le Machna at the moment you leave the first camp. Why does it say one camp? The moment you leave, when you have to burn it outside all three camps. So when it says one camp, it comes to teach me that your garments become impure the moment you leave the camp number one. Right, you leave the, the, the gates of the courtyard. But Rabbi Shimon, who says, no, you don't become, your garments don't become impure until the fire seizes most of it, until you get outside the third camp. So why does it say, Chutzla Machna Me'avileh? He needs a little tanya. Go in the brayser. Blazer, man. Blazer says, "Never." Kana says, "Mutzlamach." Says here outside the camp. Never. Hello. It says later on. It says elsewhere. Mutzlamach. You should give it to a lazar akoyin. It's talking about this week's parsha, the red heifer. To give it to a lazar akoyin, and he takes it outside the camp. He's just slaughter it there. Ma kan chutzlo shalosh machene. He's coming to teach me. Just to go be here. Where do you take the animal out? Do you burn it? Where do you burn the animal? Outside all three camps. So to the the red heifer, take it out outside all three camps. So I guess Harazason was considered outside outside Yerushalayim. So it's outside all three camps. Just like over there in Mizrach, Yerushalayim. And just like by the red heifer. It says you have to, it's the east of Jerusalem, it says, because you have to face Pneoil Moyes, you have to be in the east facing the west. Zaf also with the bull and the goat and, and, and all the animals that are burned outside have to be in the east side of Yerushalayim. Well, how does this? Okay. Now the Gemara asks, but Abandon, who said that you need Machna to teach me? That the garments become impure the moment you step foot outside, and you're carrying the animals when we step foot outside the walls of the courtyard. So we don't have a pasuk to teach me that the paraduma. Where, where do you burn it? I don't I have no pasuk teaching me where you should burn it. According to Rabbi Shimon, the pasuk is teaching me it should be burned outside all three camps. According to the rabbis, I'm left in limbo. Where, where the Torah is not guiding me. Where should it be burned? In the north side of Yerushalayim. Because all sin offerings are done in the north, the north side of the courtyard. This is, a, this is the ultimate chattas. And outside, all three camps. Rabbi Yesi Amen, Rabbi Yesi says, Rabbi Sadesh and no, the first has to be a set place where you take out all the ashes. Whenever there's an accumulation of ashes in the altar, and that's where you pour out the ashes.
So he says, first you have to establish it as a place of ashes, and there you should go ahead and and then and then slaughter and burn the red heifer. Who argues Rabbi Yesi? says you don't have to establish already a place where you poured the ashes. You already have to have ashes there. doesn't mean you have to burn it over ashes that already are there. It means it has to be for the sake of... For the sake of ashes. I'm sorry. It means l'shehel l'sham deshen. No, it's already be ashes. That's the pain of the rabbis. It's his own place. No, there's, there's already a pile of ashes already. It should be on a slant, on a slanty mountain, slant on a slant, a slope. So since he learned Shefa Chadesh, it doesn't mean it has to be ashes. It means it has to be a slope. So obviously he doesn't need. So he doesn't need. So the pasuk is not telling me that I already have to have ashes there from before. I'm like, buy out of way. No, but Dilma, but Mekayim, Meshupa for the police. Blessed be Yaakov. Also agrees it has to be ashes. But in addition, it also has to be on a slope. No, the place of the ashes also has to be slant slope. Because it should have just said Deshen. Why say Shefech? You have to have both. The place of the ashes has to be Shefech. Come, the Rabban and the Rabbis learn. It says in the past, whoever burns it has to, has to uh, um, purify his garments. So it means only not those who are helping out. Those who light the fire, those who prepare the wood. And who's the one who's burning it? The one who's actually putting it on the fire and helping, helping it burn. What? Doing the grill, yeah. <laughs> I would think after it's burned, also, once it turns into ashes, even then, it still contaminates your garments if you're still uh, mixing it or bothering it. As long as it's intact, as long as the meat is intact, and then, then it makes the person involved, engaged, uh, barbecuing um, uh, his garments become impure. But once it turns into ashes, then it's no longer, no longer makes his garments impure. <laughs> says when you take you're taking out the animal the bull only as long as it's a bull then it's metam but once nitachabasa when it melts and metam begotten 
So he learns it from there. So what's the difference between how the rabbis learn it? It. And not not when it, when it, once it's reduced to ashes. Or Rabbi Shalazar Shimon learns it out from Hapar. The difference between them is the Shabi Kharucha. What if the, the meat is still intact? But it's all it's all it's all uh, singed. It's all uh, roasted, like a, a, a sin, burnt. So according to Tanakam, it's still metamic. It's awesome. It's still intact. But according to him, you can't call it a bull anymore. It's no longer. No, it's not ashes yet. But it's also not a bull. Destroyed meat. Destroyed meat. So it's no longer bull. The meat is gone. It's no longer ashes. According to Tanakama, no, as long as it's not ashes, it's still ice. So it would still contaminate the garments. The next Mishnah is Agdelege Mishnah, the last Mishnah in our chapter, in chapter 6. They told the king God, they would tell him when the goat, the scapegoat, arrived in the desert. How would they know it? You said it was 12 mil away. How in the world would they know when it arrived? So the answer is, the used to make like flags on the top of mountains. So each one should see his friend. So when when uh, you know so when when the goat used to scapegoat, leading the scapegoat used to arrive at the scapegoat in the desert, he would wave his wave his flag, or you know wave his his, 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 his uh, scarf, and the other one would wave, and that's how they you know all the way to the temple like a relay system. Some say that it means big stones, big boulders, big stones. They would stand, stand on top of the stone. Anyway, they would wave their the, 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 uh, scarves and, uh, the, and, and that's how they would. Know. You didn't have to do this because they had a big sign. Because we know until basically do the, the beginning of the desert, which had this mountain, which they would throw the goat of the mountain, it was a three mil away. So you can estimate. Because the the the, the Chashuva people in Shalayim would escort it. Holchin mil. They were allowed to go one mil from Shalayim. The Chayzer mil. Then they would have to walk back. The Shayim can they mil? And they would wait a mil. Until they got to the desert where the mountain was. Yeah, the mountain was another nine mil into the desert. So altogether it was it was three mil. So what's the big deal? They can figure it out. They, they wait till they, they went a mil, they walked back a mil, and they waited the time it took them. So why do you have to have this whole system of people being there, standing there? Estimation they need to know. Nothing happened, they showed up, right? 
Yeah, but here, don't forget, don't forget, they have to be there a whole Yom Kippur. So you're taking 10 Jews, or whatever the amount of Jews, and they have to be there, sit there a whole Yom Kippur. Well, maybe it could be the same people who walk him every mill. They would climb, climb on top, go on top. They walked him on the ground, they have to climb a mountain, they're already, they're already pre-established. But the Gemara has another Remember, we learned yesterday they had the strip, which was red. It would turn white. We see, we learn from this. And now you can read the parsha, even though you still had another nine mil to go. But this was done. Hadnalech shesidim, a big milestone. You finished the sixth chapter. You finished the sixth chapter. And now we begin the seventh chapter. So we have another two chapters to go. Second to last chapter. Now the Kayin Gadol, once he waited till the goat reaches the desert, then he would come to read to read the Torah. The Kayin Gadol would be the one reading the Torah. No, it's a lick. This would be the boots. If he wants to read the Torah in his linen clothing, garments, he can read it. If not, he can put on his own set of clothing. It's like a shirt. It's also white. Chazan Aknes. How would they bring the Torah to the high priest? Chazan Aknes. is Neitel Sefer Torah. The Chazan of the Knes is the Shamish. Would bring it. It was a shul in the Harabayis next to the courtyard. So the Gabba, the Shamish of the shul, would bring, would take the Torah and bring it to the Reish Aknes. Who is the head, the president of the business? gives it to the deputy and then the deputy will give it to so four. Went through for, for first the shamish, the shamish to the president, the gabay to the president, the president to the deputy, to the vice vice king deputy and then the the king would stand up, Umakabu would receive a Torah, would read in Leviticus, which talks about Yom Kippur. And he would also read in Emmer, which is nearby. And then Miguel will say for Taita, he would roll up the Taita and he would put it in his, in his, in his lap. Wait a minute, he would say, More than I read for you is written in here. And the, the portion about Yom Kippur, which is in Parshas Pinchas, in the book of Bamidbar, Numbers. We're going to read in a few weeks. We read it by heart. 
then he would make eight blessings over them. one bracha, another bracha, for thanksgiving, a third bracha, a bracha for forgiveness of sin, a fifth bracha, the base of the and then the separate bracha of the kain. Al Sharat Obviously, wasn't couldn't see and wasn't present when they burning when they were burning the bull and the goat. <coughs> yeah, whoever is witnessing there and participating in that part that doesn't see the kohen gadol was reading the Torah. Because they're not allowed to. Because it's far away. It was at the same time, so it was impossible. It was too far. You couldn't run and be here. You can't dance at two weddings. You're either here or the other. That's the mission. With a white garment, so we see that reading is not a void. The fact that he can wear his own garments, he doesn't have to wear the priestly garments, it's now considered a service, because then you wouldn't be allowed to wear your own personal private garments. But nevertheless, if he wants, he could use the priestly garments to read it. Shaman, we know we learn from here, big I can use the priestly garments even for my own personal usage. If you're not allowed to wear the priestly garments, unless you're doing the service of the temple, how do you give him the option of, of continuing to wear the priestly garments while he's doing, he's doing his, own, his own other business, reading the Torah? So it's a proof that you don't, you're allowed to benefit from the priestly garments. It's not considered benefiting, it, benefiting from holiness, using it for your own purposes. It's allowed. Tehumari says it's not approved. Because reading the Torah, it's, part, it's for the purpose of Avaid. It's part of the Yom Kippur, it's all part of the Yom Kippur service. We asked the question, we have a question. Is the Kohen allowed to benefit from Mitzvah's own personal usage or not? Toshma, I'll bring you a proof. So we can't prove from our mission, but I'll bring you a proof. You're not allowed to sleep in the holy garments. So you see, you're not allowed to use it for your own personal usage. But it says, no, Shina. You're not allowed to sleep, but mechalachli. So we see, you're not allowed to sleep in it because it's not respectful. Why? Because maybe, maybe, maybe you'll pass gas. You're sleeping. You can't. You have to. When you're wearing holy garments, you have to act, behave accordingly. But eating, I'm allowed to eat my own personal meal wearing the priestly garment. Perhaps Of course, the kohen has to eat to be strong, to have the strength. It's also part of eating 
it's part of the sacrifices. Part of the atonement is not only the Kayan offers the sacrifice and sprinkles the blood and, and burns it, he also has to eat, eat parts of the animal. So it's maybe that's what he means is allowed. But not eating for yourself, for your own purpose. So therefore, that's why he's allowed to eat. So you might have put. You might have said, "Shein, you're not allowed to sleep in it. to walk around in it, even though walking is not part of the service." I think no. Really, you shouldn't even be allowed to walk in it. Why then does he only say you're not allowed to sleep in it? The safer is to fill. He needs it for the for the the statement that he makes at the end. That at the time when they slept, Poishtin used to remove the clothing, and they would put it under their head. And that's that's what he's coming to teach me. And it's enough. Really, you can even walk in it. Really, I'll tell you, even allowed to walk in it. And really, you're not allowed to walk in it either. He's coming to teach me that you're allowed to put it by your head, even though you may pass gas. But as long as you're not wearing it, even though it's right under your head, it's not a problem. That's what he's coming to teach me. To be continued, everyone have a wonderful, wonderful travel.